What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Mm Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast. Today, we're talking about mindfulness and meditation for working moms. And I want to be honest with you, I actually am re recording this because I recorded an entire episode, like 20 minutes long, on the science of mindfulness and why it's so hard to do it. And why we need to make time for mindfulness. And then honestly, I listened back and I realized like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what you needed to hear. And I know that because it's not what I needed to hear back when I was really struggling with not being able to be mindful or to practice meditation. So I decided I'm going to back it up. I'm going to go back. I'm going to restart. I'm going to think about what is the passion that brought me to really being totally on board with mindfulness and meditation? What are the things that really sold me on it as opposed to just the science, which the science is great. It's out there, right? Like for yoga, for meditation, for mindfulness, we know it actually changes the neural pathways. So like the the highways on which all the messages in our brain go It actually changes that when we practice meditation and mindfulness in the moment that we're doing it, but then also after the fact, like there are long-term changes. So those are important factors as to why you should do it. But I feel like those are things you could look up in a book or see in a magazine or read on the news and that really those aren't things that would have convinced me or that did convince me that this was something basically worth my time or worth my investment. And so I want to back up and tell you about why I got into mindfulness to tell you all my story. If you haven't heard it already, straight from me, the full story. Some of you maybe have seen me give a keynote and talk about kind of why I started Modern Mommy Doc and where I was and what were all the factors that made me really get into doing this work for other moms. But I want to break it down for you guys. So I talk about in the Working Mom Blueprint in in my book with the American Academy of Pediatrics about how I'm one of those people who really is a doer. And I talk about this level of commitment that I've had to every single thing that I work on, every project that I work on. And I think a lot of you can 
relate to that. Like if there's a checklist to be completed, you're on it. If there's a list to be gotten through, you're on it. If there's a project that you need to really say like, yes, I'm all in on, I'm going to lean into it, that you're like all about it. But at the end of the day, there's sometimes this emptiness that comes, especially when you're trying to balance your life with your kids and your life at work and you having some type of life for yourself. And I think that's true for so many moms. For me, it was really a lesson in extremes. Like I felt like I went through the fire, hopefully, and like the hell so that I could maybe make it so that other people don't have to do that so intensely. And sometimes to be perfectly honest, I still feel like in different seasons that I'm going through that same level of really having to hone in and to get peaceful, to like command peace in my life because of the circumstances that surround me. So I'm a pediatrician and I've practiced in private practice for 10, 11 years. And when I had my first daughter, I had been in practice for about six years, five, six years. And at that time, I remember just feeling like, okay, I'm going to have a family. It's going to be easy. I'm going to weave this in. And the postpartum period was difficult because my daughter was difficult. She didn't sleep much. She was super colicky. But I still remember during that time feeling like, well, this is going to pass. This is just a season. And then I'll get on to just having a normal life with kids and it won't be that bad. And that was true for a minute. Like when she was six months old to 12 months old, I remember it being pretty good maybe even up to two years old. But I remember when my second daughter was born, when McKenna, my first, was about three years old, that she just started really going downhill. That she just started having so many temper tantrums constantly about things that I felt like other kids had already gotten past. That I'd be counseling other parents in my clinic about you know, okay, your child's about three, three and a half. They might give you kind of that three-nager deal where they will give you a hard time, but overall it's actually going to be significantly easier for you. And I felt like that actually wasn't happening though in my own life, that actually things were getting worse in my house and that the older that my little daughter got and there was more noise and just more chaos in our lives as a result of my little one being here and um, more divided attention, that the worse that my older daughter seemed to get and that the more we actually had to have exposures kind of to the outside world that weren't just her nanny who had taken care of her for a long time because as a pediatrician, we had a nanny. You know, it just seemed like, gosh, it's out of the ordinary. Like things are so crazy. And Then as my second daughter grew older and she had her own personality and she really could trigger McKenna. So Marae is my youngest, McKenna is my oldest. She really could trigger McKenna. And I felt like I was sometimes with the level of chaos that would happen with McKenna when she would get into a really bad tantrum or fit. Like I was living in an alternate universe. Like she was just inconsolable, that it would last for hours, like it was a game of whack-a-mole, that as soon as I got her calmed down, then my other child would start to act up and that I could kind of never win. And that 
even though I'd really gotten a handle on what was happening in terms of creating more balance, because I had to, because I had this child who had higher needs and because my work was demanding and I had lost myself that I felt like, okay, I have to create this centered life blueprint, which I did. That still, when I was at home, it required so much energy to not completely lose it, either by flipping out at my kids because I was embarrassed, maybe, when we were out in public and they were there, and McKenna was like acting a fool and not acting like doing age-appropriate things, you know, causing a way bigger fit than would be typical at her age. Like my younger daughter, I felt like sometimes was more mature than she was. Um, So being embarrassed about that or being in my house and just longing for normalcy within my house or being with friends and feeling like, my child was causing a significantly bigger ruckus than anybody else's kids who were there and not just being embarrassed, but feeling the sense of like loss and of longing. And I, I just needed a practice that would give me the tool that would allow me to survive in that environment, in like a warlike environment almost. Sometimes still, I feel like I'm just in the trenches in my home and I see other people in clinic and I almost feel jealous of their kids, to be perfectly honest, because they have it so much easier sometimes with their kids. Not all. My gosh, there's so many kids with really complex medical issues or chronic issues and every single family is so different. And I know that I don't always know what are the different nuances that happen within a family, but I do know what happens in my family and I know what therapists have said to us, child psychologists, child therapists have said about my kid and have said like, I've almost never seen a tougher kid. And because of that, I know that I just have to have tools that actually work and that make it so that I can build up my inner strength, my inner peace, that I have more reserves to handle whatever comes my way. And I've learned to accept that this is going to be the long haul for me and for my family with my child until she really is significantly older, but that it doesn't have to be, even with that, that I'm constantly feeling like I'm surviving, that I can create practices within my life that make it so that even when the really hard times are happening, that eight times out of 10, that I can kind of keep my head about me, that I can stay present in the moment, that I can stay responsive versus reactive. And I know, and I believe that just like I was put on this earth to help other mamas like you to go through hard times and to find yourselves again, when you feel like you've really lost yourself in motherhood, the other reason that I was put on this earth is to help other moms because I have had such a really traumatizing experience I've had to learn the lessons in a really super in-depth, like come to Jesus way. And so then those lessons apply even to less extreme situations. And so I know that for me in my life, that mindfulness and meditation have become like water, like sleep, like peeing, 
you know, like necessities where if I don't do them on a regular basis, that I literally cannot survive in my house without causing damage to somebody else. Let me say that again. If I do not practice mindfulness and meditation, then I act in such a way that I cause trauma to other people in my house. I've never hit my kids. I've never physically done anything to them, of course. But I just know that the words that come out of my mouth or that the expression on my face or the like, what the heck is wrong with you vibe that I am sending out, it's not helpful right? For them or for me. And I want to challenge you that even if you have a more typical kid or more typical job that I do as a pediatrician, maybe yours is more low key, or maybe you even stay at home or do kind of a side gig on the side, that every single mom benefits from mindfulness. And that when you are conflicted, mindful self-compassion, which we've talked about in previous episodes, go back and listen to our episode with Kristen Neff around mindful self-compassion and meditation and mindfulness. So that ability to stay in the present moment without judgment, to be still, to be without saying this is good or this is bad, to just say it is what it is. That when I do that, it allows my mind and my body to stop yearning for solutions, to stop yearning for problem solving, to be not in that fight or flight, like I'm running away from a tiger type of state, which is what happens when our bodies, when we get anxious, our bodies physiologically go into a state that is exactly the same as our ancestors did, right? The people behind us when they were being chased by a wild animal in the forest. It's exactly the same. Our pulse quickens, our blood pressure goes up, our eyes dilate so that we can actually get to a space where we are able to escape from this very real threat. And when there are threats that come at us psychologically during the day, your boss is angry with you, you feel the stress of mommy guilt, your children are having a major tantrum, your child is screaming and yelling and hitting at you as you try to do simple things like get them into a shower or to brush their hair or to eat lunch, which happens sometimes in my household, that your body reacts and your mind reacts in the exact same way as if there was an actual life threatening situation happening to you in that moment. And so you have to train your mind to slow down, to get present, to turn off that automatic reaction that happens to us so that we can actually think in a way that's not just fight or flight that's not just reactionary, but that's actually going to be helpful. Because the thing is, when you're being chased by a tiger, it's totally helpful just to run away, right? To not even think, to just run or to go hide or to fight the tiger if you're big enough, right? If you're like, I don't know, a lion, right? But in the real world, those things usually don't actually help. What happens when you get into a stressful situation and you haven't practiced being mindful? Then you do that same exact thing, but you react 
in a way that's usually more harmful. You yell, you what's called flip your lid. So we've talked about that a ton of times on this podcast, but just this idea of when you get upset that you basically have your thinking part of your brain, your executive functioning, and that you just flip that part of your lid and on the bottom of your brain. And then what's left is just your amygdala, which is just your emotion center. And so you're acting out of pure emotion. That's where that kind of like mom rage comes in or that blind rage comes in. And that's never, ever healthy. The more that we can stay with the reasoning part of our brain, with the logical part of our brain, kind of in concert with that emotional part of our brain, the better for us and for the people who are around us. You know how like in high school, you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into? I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger, but these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person? Voila, welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you, 24 access to our video library, live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. So that's the whole part that I missed when I taped this previously. And I decided that I needed to retape that because I need you to know how integral this is literally to my survival as a person and as a mom with my child who is so, so challenging. I almost want to cry right now. (laughs) Who is so challenging on a daily basis and who I love with every ounce of myself, but who sometimes, my gosh, when I am triggered by her, the reaction, my first reaction in my mind is not the loving one. And I want it to be. And so I practice mindfulness so that I can be as loving and compassionate and patient and thoughtful as humanly possible. The ways I practice mindfulness are so much less important, but here they are for you, for those of you who are looking for like a how-to and a what you're going to actually do. And I think especially for working moms who get into this zone of like doing, doing, doing and checking things off a list and I don't have any time and the stuff I do is the thing that makes me productive and makes me valuable, rest and mindfulness and being slow is so productive for you. So the ways that I'm mindful, one, mindfulness apps. I like the Mindful Mamas app. They have a Mindful Mamas Club. They have an app. You can download it and it does guided meditations that are based off of your emotions, your child's age, um, the season of the year that you're going through, things that are happening out in the world. If you're a working mom, if you're a stay-at-home mom, so that's a great one. The second is just journaling 
free association writing and journaling where I just write three pages worth of just how I'm feeling in that moment to try to be as present and knowing as possible of what's going on for me so that when I get into those more crazy times, into those more intense moments, that I can come back to that same ability, that I can tap into that practice that I've created of, okay, what is it that I'm feeling? I'm feeling rage. Okay, why? right? And I can get more thoughtful so that I have a space I create between the trigger and the reaction or the trigger and the response. The third thing I do is a lot of just walks around my neighborhood with my favorite songs, right? With like silly songs, with Little Mix, with Dua Lipa, with Doja Cat, right? It doesn't have to be serious, but it's just like to get me out of my logical thinking and to get me just more into like a vibe, into a flow. And then the fourth thing I do is exercise. You guys know if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time that I'm an avid Pelotoner. And so I love going to Peloton classes. I love going to in-studio spin cycle classes, like be in the dark with the loud music so that I'm not trying to compete with anybody. It's just me. Or to a yoga class, right? Or like a bubble bath, right? Anything that kind of gets me in that zone where I am more relaxed and thoughtful. The way you do it does not matter. But I want to tell you, if you are like me and that you are struggling and that you keep on saying like day after day, why do I keep reacting to these kids? Why do I keep losing it with my husband? Why do I keep feeling like I have all of these like mixed emotions and that, gosh, I snap, that I don't have the ability to slow myself down and to be thoughtful and to be purposeful. And that I start the day with all these intentions, but at the end of it, I look back and I say, crap. Like I didn't act in a way that I'm proud of at all as a parent. There's grace for that. Like, sure, we all have bad days, but if that's you all the time, like that means something's wrong. That means you need some additional practices to help you through, to get you to a place where you can be more centered. That maybe you need to get to know yourself and that you need to get to know what are your triggers? What are the things that are making it so that you are having so much difficulty in that moment? Some of them you're not going to be able to solve. I'm not going to be able to ever solve with my own doing, despite the psychologists, the psychiatrists, the therapists that we see from my family to support us, the activity we try to support and provide for my daughter, all the good eating, all of the supplements, all of the sleep aids that we do, all the weighted blankets, yada, 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 yada. I'm not going to be able to fully fix it at this moment. Maybe someday, you know? Maybe someday, as she gets older, maybe someday. But in this moment, where things are still tough, where my life is not Shangri-La at all, I need those tools. You need those tools, mama, if you're in a tough spot with your kids and there's no end in sight, to get through the day with grace and with intention and purpose and to feel like at the other side that you can feel proud of the way you showed up. All right, mindfulness and meditation. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.